With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Five star Friday with my man, Greg Biggins. GB, what up? What up? How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Five star Friday. We got a terrific interview, Greg Biggins. Terrific interview uh, with a 20 year head coach out here in. Southern section, Southern California, and you know, I don't, I don't think you get to get that very much, GB. It's not too many guys on the job for twenty straight years, let alone cranking out the number of prospects and NFL players that this coach we have joining us today, Scott Altenberg from Sarah High School. What a tremendous honor it is to have him on the show. Yeah, I love Scott as a person, you know, just as a coach. And it just, again, I say this all the time. It sounds cliche, but this time I really mean it, man. It's just the interview was way too short. He had a an English class he had to teach. And I was hoping to go for like an hour with him because we were just getting going. Yeah. And we didn't get a chance to touch on a lot of subjects that I, I was curious to get his opinion on. Don't want to jinx it or, we'll, you know, we'll come out of the interview. We'll kind of talk more about it. But, yeah, it was fun talking with Scott for sure. Great dude. No question, Bob. Before we jump into the interview, we got to remind you about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, and we're back. So now it's time. So we got Scott Altenberg, the head coach of Sarah High School in Gardena, legendary for many a reason, but most in particular, his ability to help develop players and athletes that move on to the next level and the next, next level. We're talking about the NFL. Nobody does it better than Sarah High School over the last 15 to 20 years. Here we go. Scott Altenberg, Sarah High School head football coach. All right, now we'd like to welcome in 20th year as the head coach at my Alvarado, Sarah High School, out in Gardena. Head coach Scott Altenberg. Coach Altenberg, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Keith. Great to hear from you. Former captain. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to hear from you. It's great that I finally get you on the show. 
I know we've tried to get you on a couple times, but just schedules haven't worked out. But it's great to have you join the Transparent Troop. I got my guy Greg Biggins here, and I know he's got a lot of questions for you, so I always give him the Transparent Troop. Coach Altenberg, one of my favorite guys in the world. <laughs> Not just football coaches, Scott. Dude, it's funny hearing you say the 20 years. I yeah. started around 20 years, so I mean, we kind of came into the thing together. And That's um, right. I, again, like Keith mentioned, wanted to have you on several times. It just matter of when was the perfect time, but NFL well, draft now. now, now great. Like, don't, don't, don't make me sound like, you know, like big time here. You know, like I got such a schedule. I'm sure it was a Little League baseball or something that was pulling me from it, <laughs> not anything, uh, anything else. You know what? I'm, I'm glad you said that because one of my favorite things about you, Scotty, you're just a regular dude. Like, you haven't changed a bit from the time, you know, we talked about, you know, guys back in the day that no one's probably even heard of nowadays, the, you know, the Eric McNeils and, you know, the Ayanachos and all those guys. That's right. Uh, that's right. Tulum, that's, but you're right. still the same the guy, even though you're famous, because you yeah, produce. Yeah, sure. You I, produce, I don't feel guys. very famous when I go home. Let me tell you, my wife and kids, they don't. They don't think anything of it. So, yeah, but thank you for that, Greg. That's awesome. I appreciate it. No, it's funny. We talked yesterday, just kind of setting this up, and, and you, you pulled it in the house. Like, okay, man, I got to get the phone. My wife doesn't like it. When I, when I walk into the house, I'm like, I'm like that's dude, that's right. my wife. Like, she hates yeah. having gone for a while. I come in, well, I'm on the phone. It's like, seriously, you're bringing that home, too? That's right. When, when, when I walk in, the, the phone goes off, and, I, uh, and I'm, I'm all there. So uh, that's, that's yeah, the rule. Yeah, no, that's a good times right there. So, Scott, NFL draft is kind of starting to become like a little rite of passage for, for the Sarah Cavaliers. And that's why I thought this is a, a great time. You kind of spring balls kind of starting up. But you got two more guys drafted this past year. Um, I'm not going to ask you how many are in the league right now. I'm sure you probably know. Um, you know what? I will ask you. Do you know off the top of your head, Scott? I didn't prep you for this question, but off the top of your head, now we've got Rasheem, we've got Glass. Right, How so that would make in the that would make eight, eight or nine, depending on if uh, if if Duke is 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 it healthy this year. So uh, yeah, we have uh, Robert Woods and Paul Richardson, Marquise Lee, uh, Dory Jackson, uh, Benay Ben Wickery, um, and then the three guys uh, that we just talked about, um, and that's it, I think. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, let's, it's, it's let's funny. Make it mod- yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go. I don't mean to keep cutting you off. No, no. It's a different deal now. All of a sudden, you know, this kind of the last uh, probably two months, I've been talking to NFL scouts and, and uh, you know, uh, personal player personnel guys. I mean, it's, it's funny because it was, it, you know, now I talk to recruiters, you know, for the next, you know, the college recruiters. But now all of a sudden, which is kind of cool, I'm spending time talking to NFL scouts and about, you know, what were they like in high school and what did they do on the weekends and all these crazy things. But it, it, it's cool. I love it. You know, I'm, I'm a, I really enjoy what I do, and, I, and the kids that come through my program, I'm just a, I, you know, I just love them. And I, I want to do whatever I can to, to be there for them. So if they call me at, you know, 5 in the morning, I'm there. I want to, I want to talk about it. It's cool. You know, Scott, you brought up an interesting point, and I talked a little bit to some of the kids. I went to, uh, you know, Penn, Talamavo, had you know, PTP, Primetime Polonese. They had a big lineman camp over the weekend, and I was talking to them about how much character matters this, this day and age. And we talked about, you know, not just getting recruited, but, you know, I said, the chances of any of you guys here, I was being honest, I go, chances of any of you guys here actually making it to the NFL, probably not percentage-wise, very likely, but if you do, 
I go, what you do in high school, how you act. I go, these guys, NFL people, they want to know what you're like in high school, how you were, not just with your coaches, but with your teachers in the classroom. Were you a good teammate? Were you a bully? Did you pick on kids? Were you on time? I mean, all that kind of stuff matters, right? And that's, is that what NFL coaches are actually asking? Uh, like, actual it, background it, stuff, right? It, it's unbelievable. Uh, what was their attendance record like when they were at school? What, um, you know, what classes did they take? Well, how coachable were they? How many different positions did they play for you? How many times did you move them to something that they, you know, just to, to win a game? And what was their response? You know, things like that, because they understand as NFL guys that this is a business and they're, and they're not going to bring a guy in who's going to be selfish or, or have these, these flaws. And, and so they go at it. I mean, like I said, I'm, you know, they're talking to the high school coaches of these guys, um, at length for hours i mean i'm on the phone for for a long time about every single thing tell me about what happened this sophomore year and they have information so it's it's great you know that because i really feel you know good about my guys but it's it's pretty exhausting i mean they go they go into it and um so it is important for young young people to understand that it it begins you know right now and and it's not just about the plays you make on the field but it's it's so much more nowadays even college even the college coaches they're they're the same way they don't they understand that their job depends on whether or not you know these kids are going to produce but also that they're not going to do something crazy off the field and also cost them their job so it's a big deal so let's try to be as as transparent as we possibly can coach with obviously being being nice you just got two (laughs) guys drafted who for me you couldn't find two guys more opposite jordan lastly and i I I love both those kids right but rasheem was this soft mild manner such a gentle you know spirit about him just a really right. just a, a sweet i don't mean to say it about a 290 pound kid and sound kind of weird yeah. but he was a, just a sweet kid right he was just a very whereas jordan was this loud you know yeah. trash talking kind of borderline you know in some ways i mean this is an interrupted different almost obnoxious and and how he played and talked and practiced and not did whether i was watching him playing you know for you or playing b2g and just there's always just he never stopped running his mouth yeah. and i love the guy but uh if you can man talk about what it's like coaching those two kind of unique personalities and then obviously talk about how great they were as football players well it, it is it's the, the cool thing about high school football it's what i love is that you know it's not like nick saban or, or these other guys who get to pick their teams you get who you get and and when you do that, you get these different personalities and different kind of guys. Rasheem was in my honors English class. Rasheem was a, uh, you know, just a, just, we call him the, he was like a dork, which in a great way, you know, not to say, you know, derogatory at all, but he was an awesome kid just laughing and he'd be, you know, uh, you know, put, you know, you know, slapping guys in the back and, and things like that. It wasn't a, he was that kind of kid. He was just a, just a funny, good natured kid. And it's funny because when the NFL guys talked to me about him, they're like, well, well, is he mean enough? Is he is he tough enough? Is he? And I'm like, I, I told him the story. He played as a uh, as a junior. I'll tell you where he gets it from. He gets it from his mom. He he played against Narbonne. He um, middle of the game, he comes off and his bone is sticking out of his finger. And it's this guy. I can barely I can barely keep my you know my keep it together. I'm looking. I go, oh, that's disgusting. We got to get you out of here. And his mom comes down, looks at it and says, Coach, you'll be ready next week. Takes him to the hospital. <laughs> and sure enough, he played next week. His bone was coming out of his skin. It was, it was unbelievable. And uh, so, I mean, I'd like, you know, this kid is tough. 
uh, you know, and then on the other hand, you got Jordan. Now, Jordan, I always wondered, you know, I always, like, walked around at, uh, at practice because I felt like, he, you know, he was kind of like Tony Robbins. He was always mic'd. You know, I had that little mic on him because it sounded like he was so, he was mic'd. He was always so loud, and you could hear him from any corner of the practice field, no matter what. He was always walking around and, you know, talking, and you could hear him, and, and that was him, and that was kind of how he rolled, you know, and so very different, the two of them, you know, very different, but... Um, you know, Jordan, again, I say this all the time, and he, you know, he had some, he made some mistakes in, in college and, and it cost him, but everything he does, it just was self-inflicted for him, you know, kind of that type sure. of, you know, it wasn't like he wasn't a bad teammate, he just, just, oh man, he just made some bad decisions, but like whenever I needed him for my youth camp, he was the first one there, you know, he'd come early, he'd stay late, He'd help with the little kids. He'd help with my receivers if I needed to. I mean, I can. I, he's a call away every time he's here. So to me, that says a lot about who he is. Um, and so that's just kind of why I'm excited for him to get on a roster because I know he's going to do well. Um, yeah. No. Absolutely. You know, there, so. so let's go. Yep. Let's go. Let's rewind it one year. Obviously, last year, Adore Jackson, who, who I would call probably a, a generational talent, especially yeah. at the high school level. I mean, if I ever did like an all-decade, all all-20-year team, I think you'd have two guys with him and Woody. We'll get to yeah. Woody in a second. But sure. Adore, now, again, correct my math, did, did he come to you as a sophomore? He played a sophomore, junior, and senior, or did you get him yeah. the he, last? So he okay. came end of his freshman year. He um, was living in uh, East St. Louis. And with his family, but his sister had moved out here and they were looking, he was a track guy. He, had, he didn't have a lot of football um, to him and he would, they were just looking for a different opportunity uh, from the area he was at and it wasn't, you know, going much. And so one of the places he came to was, was uh, Sarah and he literally was going to be my JV running back for about 10 minutes until he walked on the field for the first time. And I'm like, okay, this guy's not playing JV running back. But uh, that was the plan. You know, he was going to do that. He didn't have any football, anything in his freshman year back there. Uh, and so he comes on and then he just, he just went. And, it, and the thing about him is maybe one of my favorite players I've ever coached because he brought the energy. And this is another thing for young people. The way you practice is, is such an important thing. And Adoree Jackson never took a practice off. He was always professional. He had energy. He was jumping around. It was impossible to be unhappy or even the grind, you know, day 12 or 13 of camp. Or, and he's jumping around and he's laughing and smiling and having the best time. Egging on Jordan Lassley, which he loved to do. Um, and he was just he was just doing you know, having more fun than anybody else. And I tell everybody when, when he when we when he graduated and went off to college, the thing we missed the most wasn't his performances in the game, which was, you know, incredible. It was the way he just changed practice every day. It was it was unbelievable. And he was infectious. And and that kind of thing, like I say, it is once in a once in a generation. I, I've never had a kid like that at practice. He was he was unreal. Yeah, I mean, shoot, forget coaching. I mean, he's one of the probably yeah. has to be one of the two or three best you've ever seen, right? I mean, yeah. the things oh, he did, yeah. returning punts and kicks, and yeah, yeah you could use them uh, all over the place. Yeah, we and we yep. did, yep, <laughs> and we did. I mean, I'm not, I might not be the greatest coach, but I'm good enough to know that. I listen, get him the ball, put him where you got to put him, and that that's probably things. Good things are going to happen. What was your most memorable Dory Jackson moment on the football field? I mean, you mentioned the bad ankle. I remember the Shamanah game. I think he took one. Took one back, right? Uh, two. With, with the he bad took two back. Two, two back two on that. He couldn't even. He couldn't even run, and he 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 took a 
that 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 game was, and we lost that game. And uh, oh, guys, still that. Still I was at that me, game, Scott. You yeah. had you had blown them out earlier in the year. I want to say like yep. thirty to nothing or something yep. like that. If you can, again, I shoot, I'm I'm already sure. disappointed that we're. I want you for like another hour, but we only got you for a few more minutes. But um, what do you remember about that game? And like, I know Ooh. talking to coaches, they they remember specific plays from 20 games ago or 20 years. Oh, ago. I, I know you probably remember details. Of that well, the, the, the game, the, at the end of the game, we're up a touchdown, and they're driving. And uh, Brad Kaya, who was a great quarterback, yep. I mean, yep. he drops back. He throws the ball to the to our sideline, and Adoree steps in front of it and picks it off. Game's over. Two minutes left, three minutes left in the game, whatever. It's over. And all of a sudden, there's a flag on the field. And I look over there, and they, they're calling late hit on the quarterback. Rasheem is standing there with his hands up going, oh, I didn't do anything. And I'm looking at it going, because I was watching the play, and I'm like, what happened? And they, so they called it. Well, Brad Kaya, and he admits it later in the uh, LA Times on, a, on an article, he, he saw it. He went down like a soccer player. It was unbelievable. <laughs> he got the calls, the best play he ever made. And, and that was it. That changed the whole thing. It was oh, heartbreaking. So it was just one of those. That was also the game where Jalen Green, you know, was a commit to Boise State, and earlier that day, his coach, you know, decides to take the Washington job. He was a mess. You know, he fought through it, but yeah. he struggled that game. I mean, it was just it was just one of those games. You know, we were all fired up to play Bosco in the big regional, and my kids were, you know, they were already at that game. It wasn't even the thing, and and that's that's why you play the game. And uh, and they and Ed and and Chalmers play was still. One of the headiest plays I've seen, and I mean, it was, I, you know, he went down, and you know, that kind of sucked. But it, it, it was smart, <laughs> and they won the game. So, I, I, I gotta think you weren't, you weren't using the word heady. No, I was not. I was, just, I was on things. the field. I was next to him when, when the, uh, the refs were like, get off the field. I was, I was, uh, I was not happy. But you know, it's way it is. That's why high school football so, so awesome. So again, you mentioned that was the you guys are both you were undefeated going into that game, mm-hmm. and everyone was talking about St. John Bosco and Sarah. I mean, that was going to be like yeah. a, a Titanic matchup. We're, and then that, we had, I mean, we were we weren't each- in division. Yeah. yeah, we weren't in division one at the time, so we hadn't played a game in a while. You know, it was uh, it was kind of one of those things that we had kind of been moving on and 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 playing, you know, doing real well. But it wasn't. Yeah, you know, we just were we weren't sharp as we should have been, and 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 some did a great job. I mean, again, some had a lot of great players on that team. Oh yeah, I mean, they had yeah. a ton. I mean, they were a really good football team. So, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. They they did a great job and they beat us, so they deserved every bit of it. But, um, but yeah, it was just kind of one of those one of those games because it was the year after we won state, and and it was probably one of the best teams I ever had. And so, hard to hard to argue with it. But we didn't we didn't win that game, so. Kind of reading my mind right now, Scott. I was going to ask you. Speaking of the greatest teams, maybe you ever had that 2009 team, which went yeah. 15 and 0, won a state title. You had, and you had some dudes, and and everyone knows, yeah. you know, Robert Woods and George Farmer, Marquise Lee, Paul Richardson. You guys still had a thousand yard running back. I want to say Shaq right. Richard had a thousand yards yep. that, that yep. year. Yeah, kind of a kind of present, like a perfect high school quarterback, right? Not not right. an NFL project, but just a guy who knew what to do with the ball. Was that the best team you ever had, the, the, the 09 it, it, state team? Yeah, I mean, I have to give it to them because the – the I, I don't know if that, that team we talked about, the 13 team, probably had they won that game, you know, maybe, I don't know, because it, it, was, it was close. But, yeah, that 9 team, 
I mean, they were they were special. And I give Connor Preston still just I still talk to him all the time. He's just a great great young man, doing really well. Uh, has a company called Helmet Skins. Uh, he does you know the, the helmets for teams that that can't afford to buy six different helmets. And it, oh, nice. the, I mean, yeah. So he does this business. It's amazing. And and so we we do one a year and everything. But he's just a really smart guy. And that's the way it was as a quarterback. He absolutely like. I mean, he changed our offense. I mean, he would you know said, "Hey, coach, what do you think about this?" Is it like, "Hey, that's a really good idea." And this is like during the mm-hmm. game. And you know, so you know, you get those guys, and you just know, you know, you're going to be successful. So that 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 team, I think, just because of the sheer number of guys that just were were something else I, and the way the fact that we ended up winning it you know and beating that oaks christian that oaks christian game still to this day um at our place i don't know if you were there greg but it uh, it was the best game i've ever been a part of it's un, unreal so that was yeah with, and well, they had the game and yeah oh, yeah yep. they had a bunch of dudes you know with with the their whole oh everybody they had oaks christian more guys than we did going to college so <laughs> it was un, unreal so Robert Woods, again, he's probably one of my three or four all-time favorite players. And again, if I right. did an all-20 year team, he would definitely be one of the two or three receivers. And just like we said about Adoree, how he always competed. And I, I thought right. Woody was such a dog in terms of how hard he played both sides of the ball. You know, I don't know if people who saw him at USC remember what a great defensive back he was. But if you can, kind of right. speak on Woody. It's like he kind of got the ball rolling. The whole, you yeah. know, you, you were a UCLA guy, Scott, but everyone... I had to defend you. You know, that all breaks, pushes still guys breaks to my heart. Yeah, that was, Woody that, that, got that, that whole, Yeah, Woody kind of got that whole ball moving once he went there and had success. Then all of a sudden, it was kind of a cool thing to do. But what was right. it like coaching him? Well, so first of all, like in when I started in '99, we were in Division 11, and we had I think we had 50, 45 guys in the whole program, and so we came. You know, in, in 99, we were, we were playing on Saturdays, you know, with, for, for, you know, in front of people for no money. So it, it was a different deal, but gradually guys started showing up, but it was really Robert Woods who changed the whole landscape because he came in as a freshman and just was ready to go. Just a, an amazing family. Um, and just, just like, just a guy that was, you know, I, I kind of compare the current kid I have now, Max Williams, who's very similar, like just, just, professional, ready to go, able to lead at such a young age. My first sophomore captain ever and just took the took the reins of the whole program and, and just elevated it. And that last game, that game I talked about with O Christian, that was yep. that was I mean Robert did everything. He had a he had a pick, he had a, a reverse for a touchdown, he had a oh the last puff return he almost scored on at the end of, it was he could will the game any any way he wanted to. And again, like I said, just came to work every day great attitude and, and knew how to lead. It's hard, you know, it's hard to um, to teach leadership. We talked about, like at Sarah, I tell the parents when I do my meetings and stuff, it's like, listen, we we want your kid to go to college and play, but we also want your kid to be the face of the program in college. That's a big thing for us, and we've had a lot of them, and that's, we, we advertise that. Like, who's going to media day? We want our guys, you know, um, uh, Khalil will go this year for Arizona. Uh, Caleb Wilson will go for UCLA this year. Uh, Woody went every year. Marquise, Adore went. You know, we we want those guys, the ones that are going to the media days, you know, to represent your, the school, the colleges. And we have, we've, I think the last time we looked at it, we had eight in the last, like, 12 years that have done that for schools, which is really cool. I think that's a neat thing, you know. So nobody ever talks that about awesome. that. But that's, yeah, that's something we want because it means you're not just – 
a great player, but you're also well-spoken. You're also a leader. You're someone that, you know, that, that, that can, can talk to the media and do the whole thing. So that, that's kind of, he's the first of the, the, those guys. And, and he's been that way. And that still, he's getting married this summer. I'm going to go into his wedding. And he's, uh, he's doing great. He's, uh, he's a great young man. You know, I can't call him a kid anymore because he's not. But, uh, <laughs> he's, a great, he's a great young man. And he's going to win a Super Bowl this year, Scott. I've, I've, I've not heard L.A. Rams fans get to get that I've in there. Been, I've always been a Charger fan, but it, you know he's making it hard now with this, with this Rams thing. And I'm just like, oh, my kids are all Rams fans now. They love it. So uh, I, I'm starting to starting to kind of starting to pull on me here. So I, I love their team. I'll tell you what, they they they, they got something. Scott, I got, I got a thousand more questions. How, how much time do I got for you? You got you got to go. Uh, I got you got I got, I, got a, I got a couple more minutes. I got I got class. I got a. Uh, we're doing an honors English. We got a uh, an essay we're writing today in about ten minutes, but I got I got a few minutes here. So this is too good. So you, you brought up yeah. George Farr and Marquise Lee again. Those are such unique yeah. athletes, and you know, coming out of high school, I think George was the more ballyhooed one. I mean, he was a freak, right? right? He looked like an NFL right. running back. Marquise was was this really elite safety. He, he had a big right. year as a senior as a receiver, but I think we all thought he was going to be a really good safety right. going to right. USC. Uh, obviously, he, he now he's an elite receiver in the NFL. But if you can, talk about those two guys just for a little bit, kind of their development. Uh, you know, again, I want to keep it positive, obviously, but with George, you, you're a little surprised that George never really had the success that we all thought at a high school. Then Marquise, did he surprise you with how good he ended up being? Right. Well, first of all, talk about George. I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything negative about him at all. George Farm is one of the most amazing kids that, I, that I've ever coached. Uh, balanced kid, uh, kid takes care of his stuff, a great person, um, uh, and, and a great athlete. But, again, as, as a football player, he was unbelievable. But in college and in, in, in pros, he, it was like, what was he, right? He was a little too sure. big and strong to be a, a, a kind of the, the receiver. He hadn't, you know, his running back is, just wasn't natural there. He probably should have been like a DB maybe or something. I don't know. But he still was in the league for a few years. And, I mean, so it's not a, uh, you know, the, the NFL, being in the NFL and being on a practice squad and being on the team, which he was, not just the practice squad, but he was also on the, the Seahawks one year. And that's pretty good, you know. So I'm a, no, I don't consider that a failure at all. I consider his career. Now he's working in um, um, with, 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 with like a, uh, what do you call it, where you're training people and doing things. He's got his own business. He's, he, he, I'm not worried about George Farmer, let me tell you. That guy's going to do well in whatever he does. And um, so that, that kind of thing, when people tell me, oh, what, you know, what, this point, it, there's nothing to disappoint about going to the NFL and playing. I mean, that, that's, that's not bad. And he, and he did that. And, again, he had a great attitude. And another, just a, like if, if I'm going to put a person to talk, another, you know, guy that would be, able to, to talk up a program, do anything. He's just a, just, a, just a great young man. Now, Marquise, on the other hand, also another fantastic kid, but man now, but just different, you know, different story. You know, he came from, you know, he was in, in the, foster, the foster program for a while. He had, he had different, different challenges in his life. You could not tell him he couldn't do anything, something. He would, I mean, he would spend his, if you told him anything, like you can't climb up that wall. He would spend the next good <laughs> making it happen, and that's just who he was. And uh, another great athlete, great talent, but uh, a single focus razor, like just going at it. He, it that was him, and and still is. And 
you know, he was a, when we first got him, he was a, he was a bundle of emotion, you know, everything kind of was like, you know, uh, it just would, you know, it's just that everything was just like in his face. And so he learned more than that. What, uh, talk about the uh, a kid who matured and, and, and be, just became a guy that that's him. And, and some of the season, you know, the season he had as a senior as a receiver still today, probably uh, the best I've seen. I mean, it's, it was unbelievable. And he, you know, he, and then he took that to SC and did the, did the same thing. And, and now he's, you know, now he just got a, a nice contract from Jacksonville and, and he's just that guy, you know, and he, another one that like, so when I talk to him, always smiling, always happy, always working and doing what he's got to do, understanding the NFL business a little more now than when you first got out there, just trying to figure it out. And yeah, just a, another guy. I'm just, uh, that one of the things that people ask me, well, you know, you're going to always get sir. I mean, I, I keep getting these guys like, like them. I mean, why would I go anywhere else? I mean, I love these Shoot. kids and where they come from and, and who they are. It's just, a, it's just a great, you know, great thing. I'm, wait, I'm waiting to see like Robert Woods weight room where you, you get like this gigantic, huge weight room with the new, the new football field dedicated from, you know, all these NFL deals. You got we're we're working there, on coach. that right now. In fact, it's funny you say that because those guys, Adore and, and Adore and Robert were the two that we, we've been talking about doing uh, a little weight room, football field type type thing, trying to trying to do that. And, and they're just very generous. Very, They want to give back. They want to do stuff. And, and it's like kind of um you know it's just about how you know how we can do it in the timing but they're without a doubt they're all you know paul and marquise and and benet 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 ben wickery was up here and he he's a he's a he's in and so they're gonna they're gonna do all that stuff they're in the process of doing that so yeah that's we're very thankful because a lot of people don't realize that we only have 440 (laughs) kids in our school i mean and only 220 boys that's it in our whole school. So we're not a big school. So we're and we don't have a ton of money. So those guys coming in and and helping and doing stuff has been has been amazing. I gotta try to sneak in a quick Khalil Tate question, Scott. Yeah. That was a guy I know you and I talked a lot about in high school. Just a yeah. freak athlete, but again, he's tearing it up in the Pac-12, yeah. a, a top ten Heisman. Surprise at all with with Khalil's emergence as a, you know at, at the quarterback position and just how well he did this past season. Well, no, because what, he's another one that comes back all the time, and he's always like, "Coach, I got this, I got that." You know, I want to. What do you think of this? And he was 16 years old when he was a senior with me. 16. He was young. He was so young, and and so sometimes he would look immature on the field because he was. He should have been a sophomore. I mean, it was unbelievable. And yet <laughs> he's doing what he's doing. So now he's just the more he came at the last uh, like a month ago, he came back. And I mean, it was like, he's like, he's like, hey, coach, you know, he's talking about coverages. And I'm like, wow, that would have been nice when you're here talking about coverages. <laughs> and he's got it, though. And that's the, he's the thing. The thing about Khalil is, like, if, if it doesn't come to him quickly, he will work at figuring it out. You know, that, and that's, I think that's one of the things that is kind of goes through, like, all these guys that are successful. It's this idea that, that you got to put the work in to, to be successful. And he's always been like that. You know, if he doesn't, now sometimes he gets to the point where he thinks he's got it. And so then you're like, oh, no, here we go. I, yeah, I remember when he would play and he'd have that little walk where he started. I'm like, oh, okay, he's doing the walk. That means we're in trouble. <laughs> he's got, he's, he thinks he's got it. Now we're in for it because, you know, we're playing really good teams and, and they're going to come back. So, uh, but he's more and more now he's kind of lost the walk and he's, he's playing. I always tell him to play humble. That's the biggest thing. You know, don't, don't, uh, you know, play humble and, and do your thing. And he's, He's been amazing, I, and, and it's fun to see it because, 
you know, it's fine. Coming out of college, we thought, you know, we're looking at all the offenses and we're like, okay, what, what do we think? You know, what are the two? And we really narrowed in on Rich Rod and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Noel Mazzone. Those are the yeah. two we really liked for Khalil. But now Noel had a guy named Josh Rosen at UCLA at the time, and, and Rich Rod was rich. So we, it wasn't much of, a, much of a choice. And now, ironically, his coordinator is Noel Mazzone. So it's, yeah. it, it worked out perfectly. So. It seemed like a great system. I remember being at a, a seven-on-seven game, and you always kind of had him and, Kayla, uh, him and Kayla Wilson, um, you know, kind of flip-flopping. Kayla would play right. – you know, a little quarterback, and Khalil played some receiver, and just a, just a freak right. athlete Khalil right. was. Oh. Huge hands. I, was, I, felt like, I felt like a kid when I shook his hand. I kind of felt bad. Because my yeah. hand was so small. Like, I can't yeah. shake his hand anymore. Just swallowed it up. I used, I used to put him on a, the best one was when the recruiters would come, and I'd put him on his knees and throw the ball. He'd throw the ball 70 yards on his knees. I mean, it was like, it was not, I couldn't say, every recruiter would just look at me like, did that just happen? Like, oh, carry it out. I promised that seventy he was he was a freak. And the, you funny you say to Caleb Wilson because that's a funny one too, because Caleb was with Khalil and Caleb's an amazing athlete. But he's standing next to Khalil who's doing backflips on things and, and they're like, Oh, okay, well he's a coach they would come what he's a thinking guy. I'm like, No, dude, this dude's a great athlete. You guys gotta and they because he was next to Khalil, they thought he was just oh, okay, he's a He's a heady, what, you know, the, every mm-hmm. term they have for not the, a great yeah, athlete quarterback. For, yeah, exactly. And, but he was <laughs> amazing. And look at him now. He's going to, you know, he's a, he, the, you know, potential Mackey Award winner this year for tight end. He's, he's killing it. We don't have time to get into it, but shoot, your, your game against Centennial when Khalil just went yeah. crazy. I think he had, like, every touchdown for your team and for their team. He had, like, what, a couple, oh, a couple pick yeah. sixes. But he, that he was went, the best yeah, game he, I've that, ever been to. That was one of the, that was a Khalil game right there, and uh, and the other any touchdown he threw was to Deontay Burnett, who's another one that I'm yeah really excited about his opportunity. I I think he was hurt by the fact that he got hurt in this process, but he's another great kid, you know, just a young man who just knows what he is and what he wants, and people always tell him he's too small and too slow and too whatever, and and shoot, his first team all Pac-12, what two years or I mean so. Yeah, so that that game, that Centennial game was uh, was uh, was I won't say a great game because we lost. Uh, so, but it was a uh, it was definitely a long game. I remember talking to Matt Logan afterwards, just being like, "Wow, how did that was that two games? What was that?" And just I, looking at my play sheet about the third quarter, going, "Wow, I, I've run everything. I'm mean, just let's flip it over and do it again." I mean, it was it was unreal. Well, they they ran through everybody that year, and you guys were the, that, you guys were that was you guys were the only team that was kind of competitive with them and you guys I don't, if I remember correctly we had it play. we had Rashim, yeah, Rashim was out uh, we had a corner that was out we had it but we had the ball at the end of the game with a minute and something left we called a little oops sorry we called a little um, a little play in the red zone where, where Deontay Burnett was was uh, rubbing um, a player so that Red Bull Malik Roberson who's the running back for San Jose State could pop out I, I, we hadn't run it since spring ball. I went out there and I told everybody, I said, okay, remember this. We haven't done this, but this is what they're doing. We ran the play. It perfectly opens up. Khalil looks right at it and then just goes and looks at Caleb Wilson. He just he just left it like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And I was like, no. So it's just kind of one of those things where you're like, okay. And it's hard to, you know, <laughs> the guy had 600 and something yards of total offense. It's hard to, you it know, was incredible. 
Yeah. So, oh my but that gosh. was it. That was, that was for unreal. the win. I was. I still remember that like it was yesterday. So. Yeah, and then they blew out Modern Day and Bosco yeah. and everybody except for you guys. You guys had a bunch of guys miss, like you just said. And yeah. Scott, I know I gotta let you go. I want to talk about you know, Brumfield and Max and this year's dudes, but we probably oh. don't have time. Um, but uh, hopefully we can get you on again. Hopefully we can get we you on. We will definitely the, uh, do it again. Uh, we'll just, I love we'll those kids. I'll be here. So. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm fired up about my team this year. We're, we're young, I like but it. I mean, Max is a, Max is one of those guys. You know, he's one of those guys that I think, uh, since, since he's been here, he's just like Woody, just has a, has this team uh, under his, his, his thumb. He's got him. And, and I call, I say, I need something. I don't even text the team. I, I go to Max and Max gets it done. He's just that kid. So, but yeah, next time we'll do it. We'll talk preview and uh, and and all whatever you guys need. God's good. Go take care of your English honors Thanks. class, Scott Altenberg. <laughs> I appreciate you, man, and good luck this appreciate season. It. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. We appreciate Scott Altenberg for joining us on the show, Greg. What a great interview. Like you said, just a little bit too short. There was so much more to get into, but what an unbelievable background of talent this guy has had over the last 10 to 15 to 20 years as the head coach of Sarah High School. You're talking about generational talents like Adoree Jackson, Robert Woods, Marquise Lee. You're talking about guys who make millions of dollars in contract money in the NFL, but they got other guys. Greg. Almost 10 guys right now who are live in the league playing ball. What are your thoughts, GB, on that interview? I mean, that's got to be. I, mean, I would love to look up the stats. Who has the most players currently in the NFL? I mean, if Sarah's got nine. That's got to be in the top two or three, right? I mean, it I has to be. High school having that many more. So, just, uh, no, you kind of almost forget some of the dudes he's had in the past. And like you mentioned, generational guys. And one year alone, his wide receiver crew was Paul Richardson, George Farmer, Marquise Lee, and Robert Woods. And on that team, um, Marquise Lee was just a junior. I think he only caught like just, you know, a handful of balls, like maybe six or seven balls. He, he blew up as a senior, but I mean, shoot, those are four guys that all play in the NFL on one team, all playing the same position. It's, it's just incredible. Some of the dudes that Scott's had at Sarah. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think most intriguing for me is George Farmer. And like you guys talked about and like Scott shared, it's not a cautionary tale. Considering the kid did play in the NFL, he was a part of a team for, I think, three to four years. Uh, But looking at it in retrospect, I mean, I think he was rated number one or number two in the nation in terms of receiver. Six foot two, 215 pounds, a physical freak, an absolute phenomenon at the receiver position. Big, fast, physical, strong. Um, But like Scott said, I think he kind of fell into the tweener category, didn't kind of develop as a running back naturally, as a receiver, kind of got a little bit big, maybe a little bit more stiff than people would like. Things just didn't happen for George Farmer the way we all envisioned, Greg, but you had a chance to see him in high school and again in college. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I hope Scott wasn't getting defensive. I almost felt like he kind of felt like he needed to defend the guy, and I wasn't trying to say George was a bust. Right. By any stretch, but I'm just saying, if people could have heard what was said about this guy out of high school, I mean, people said this was the this was the guy who was going to be playing longer and better than Woods and Marquise Lee. I mean, he was bigger, faster, stronger. Right. But he wasn't as good a football player. Right. Right. So that's where you almost kind of have to not always look at you know just the guy's tools, in terms of his size and speed. I think Scott said it well. 
you know, where do you play him? Because he, he got he did kind of thicken out a little bit. Um, you know, kind of maybe two steps to play running to uh, play receiver. And how the instincts of a of a natural running back. Although when he played running back in high school, at there were times he was he was just freakishly good. But you don't really have to have the great high school instincts to play to be a dominant running back in high school. Right. Uh, you can just be bigger, faster. But um, no, I mean we, we expected him to go to USC, be you know, you know, be a dominant guy right away, the same way Woods was, the same way Marquise was as as freshman. It, I just don't think. Um, you know, I, I trying to figure out, you know, why it didn't happen. I just, at the end of the day, I think he may have been faster and stronger. He just wasn't as good or as polished or as, as, as those two guys were. This is interesting. And I don't know if it, if it has anything to do with maybe just an instinct, instinctive thing or just being a, a hungry thing. I asked a coach one time at SC, you know, hey, what, what's going on with George? You know, why isn't, he, why isn't it clicking for him? And he said, you know what, we, back, we went back and watched some, some tape of a play from Sarah High School, and it was a fumble on the ground. And the ball was kind of right by George, and he kind of looked at it. And mm. then from 20 yards away, we saw Marquis Lee sprinting, diving on top of the ball in this big mass of like eight people, and Marquis came out with it. And George was the closer one to it and kind of stood and watched it. And he goes, and the guy was so from then on, the question was, okay, is he just not as instinctive as like a Marquis, or is he just not as hungry? as a Marquise who just won that football. Yeah. And so from then on, it kind of changed my, my view on just football players in general and just how I always seem to value, you know, things like toughness and instincts over uh, other, some other things. But um, so, yeah, I know, I know Scott loved George and shoot, George was always a great kid. And I know in no way was I trying to like downplay him. It just, from what we thought he was going to be, you know, to, you know, going to USC, not having a, a you know, a lot of success and then, Undrafted, still in the league, you know, for four or five years. That's awesome. Um, it just we always thought we thought he was going to be a multi multi year All American Pro Bowl type of deal. Yeah, just didn't live up to expectations that people had for him. But you know, that's nothing to hang your head about. A kid did as as much as he could, the best he could. And just kind of going back to your story about that fumble. You know, football awareness is very, very important, Greg. And some people yep. call it instinct. I, for me, awareness is it's instinct. Mixed with vision, mixed with feel, right? Um, instincts yep. is, the, is the ability to see things or, or feel things or, and, and see things. Um, awareness is the ability to, to see it and uh, react to it, right? And then that feel is, is that internal feeling that leads you to make a play. And it sounds like George kind of struggled in that area, maybe a little bit. And I know one thing for me that's always been key as a ball coach, as a ball player, now as a scout is that football is played in a in a in a 10-yard box, right? And in that 10-yard box, you got to get to point A, B, C, D as quick as you can. Great, uh, George Farmer was a guy for me, just on the outside looking in, who was great from A to B. He was not great from A, B to C or from B, C to D. Um, so if that makes any sense to you, I thought his fluidity, he wasn't very fluid as a, as a football player. I thought he was a really straight line. And if straight line doesn't work for you when you're a straight line guy, you got to be able to work diagonally. You got to be able to work laterally. I think that's something that he kind of struggled with. But nonetheless, the guy was in the league for four to five years. And listen, I wasn't. I tipped my cap um, to George Farmer. And, and what an unbelievable run that this not that this Sarah High School my former high school I am an alum from there 
what a run they're on in terms of guys getting to the next level at the college level, being leaders, being the faces of their program, and then getting to the NFL. A couple of guys drafted again this year, and they got more guys coming out, GB. Oh, this is going to read my mind. They'll get more guys next year. I mean, Khalil Tate is going to get drafted at some point. Caleb Wilson will get drafted at some point. I don't even have the Sarah roster in front of me of guys that kind of came out, uh, you know, the year after these guys. But, uh, no, they're not done. And like I said, man, the two things I wish you could have talked to Scott more about, um, number one was this year's team, right? It's always fun to kind of preview. I know he loves Max. He's been talking about Max. His Max was a freshman in terms of just his instincts off the charts. But they got a ton of guys, right? They got... You know, shoot, they got they, they should have a good team. I mean, they got a lot of good skill. You got Stovalls over there now. They got LB Bunkley, Shelton. They got Doug Brumfield as quarterback. Um, Ron Ron Gilliam. I mean, they got some guys. Beeves. I, I want to talk about that and also kind of just get Scott's view on the, the where high school football is going now with just free agency, lack of a better word, yeah. and just all the rampant transfers and and I you know. Yeah, you know, Sarah gets a, a couple guys in, but you look around and even Scott's going like, dude, what's going on with that school and this school? I, I think it just high school football has definitely changed. It kind of would have been, been fun to kind of get Scott's opinion and view of, of where it's at now versus where it was 10 years ago and where it's going to be five years from now. Yeah, things have definitely changed. There's no question about it. you got to kind of keep up with the Joneses if you want to compete. I can tell you that. And like you said, Sarah, <laughs> they're going to get their couple of guys in, not as much as some of these other schools out there, but uh, they, they've got a lot of talent. There's no question about it. Skill talent, they're as good as anybody in terms of just skill talent, quarterback, yeah. running back, receivers, DBs. <laughs> Everything usually hinges on what happens up front with the Sarah Cavaliers. Do they have the big boys enough? Are they physical in the trenches? We'll find out during our preview show in the summertime, G. But uh, great interview. I appreciate you, as always. Before we let the fans go, we got to remind them about the winner circle. All right, listen, everybody. And I'm talking to you parents and you student-athletes. This is the offseason. This is your time to get better and improve. Come the fall, that's your chance to showcase yourself in front of big-time scouts like me and recruiters across the nation. Now, there are a lot of guys out there that claim to be trainers. They grab a whistle, grab a couple cones, but it's just not that successful. What I'm talking about is going big time. Invest yourself into something special. Call my guy, Jordan Campbell, at Winter Circle Athletics. It's a facility in Corona, California with world-class state-of-the-art technology and equipment that creates world-class athletes. They understand human performance, health and wellness, and they customize programs to meet your athletic goals. They train specific for your sport and position. The Winter Circle has 50-plus Division I athletes over the last three years. They've added to a 50,000-plus square foot facility, and they also have a prep academy for 8th graders to 6th graders that concentrates on athletic development, social development, and academic development in their newly renovated facility. The Winter Circle Athletics. You can contact them at wintercircleathletics.com. All right, and we're back, and that kind of does it for Five Star Friday. I want to thank my man Greg Biggins doing a great interview with head football coach, Sarah High School, Scott Altenberg. Please follow the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, download. Show us some love. We'd appreciate it. For my boy GB, it's your man, Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.